peace of our Lord be with you. And now, at last, the ring of fire is full. Wick by wick and week by week, the Advent flame has spread until that moment this morning when Luke lit the last light and the ring of fire was finally full. Every waiting wick ablaze, lighting and warming the way to Bethlehem, where once again, this Thursday night, the candle which patiently waits at the center of the circle will carry a torch for the incarnation of God, the boundless, measureless God of the universe, embodied in a baby, no bigger than gray bridges, the God of all creation, fleshed out, embodied, and with us. That is what we ponder, remember, hold near, and celebrate at Christmas the incarnation of God, the Holy Spirit of God embodied in the human life of Jesus. Across the Christian centuries, we have wrapped that great mystery, the mystery of the incarnation, in many traditions beautiful and meaningful Christian Christmas traditions which we hold dear and love deeply. But beneath and behind all of those layers of tradition, beneath and behind even the word Christmas, which doesn't appear until sometime in the fourth century, Beneath and behind all of that, there is just this, the incarnation of God, the Holy Spirit of God embodied in the human life of Jesus. What do you think that means? What do you believe it, it really means for us to say that God was embodied in Jesus? That the life of Jesus was the incarnation of God? Ever since the 11th century, when a bishop and theologian named Anselm wrote his famous book, Curdus Homo, why did God become human? Which some people say is the most influential book in the history of the Christian world, second only to the New Testament. Ever since Anselm wrote that book, the most popular answer to that question about the incarnation has been some variation on what Anselm said. And in that sense, 
It may very well be the most influential book other than the New Testament in all of Christian history. What Anselm said was that because of Adam's sin, once we are born, we are all headed for hell unless some sacrifice is given that is so perfect and powerful that it can satisfy the offended honor of a perfect and holy God. The sacrifice, Anselm said, would have to be a human sacrifice since the sin is a human problem. But no human is sufficiently perfect to satisfy the holiness of God. Therefore, Anselm said, that is why God became human. That is the answer to the what does the incarnation mean question. Why did the incarnation happen? Because God had to be offered a sacrifice that only God could provide. Therefore, said Anselm, God sent Jesus to be the perfect human sacrifice which was the only kind of sacrifice that could satisfy the offended honor of God and open to us the way of salvation. And ever since, most of popular Christianity has embraced some variation of that idea. Most of the best people I know embrace some variation of that idea. And I once did, and I wish I still could, but I can't because on my ears and in the depth of my spirit, it does not ring true to the deepest and highest, biggest and best we know about God. To put it simply, it just makes God sound too much like us and our need for our offended honor to be satisfied. As some wise soul once said, God created us in his image, and now we have returned the favor. I don't know what to say about all of that, except that it seems to me much more true for us to be content to say that the message and meaning at the center of the incarnation is that God is with us. I cannot speak for you, but that is enough for me. I cannot speak for you, but I don't need for the incarnation to mean more than that. That God is 
with us, that God came into this world and into our lives in the life of Jesus to be with us, with us in the joy and the sorrow, with us in the good and the bad, with us in the best and the worst, with us in the living and the dying and the messiness and the pain and the humiliation and the embarrassment in the fear and uncertainty and disappointment and loss, relentlessly, stubbornly, unfailingly with us in ways that save and redeem with us. Not to protect us from everything, but to sustain us through everything. With us to give us the courage and the strength to go through what we did not get to go around. There is a long list of ways that things can go wrong in this life. None of us will go through all of them, but all of us will go through some of them. And the message of the incarnation is that God is with us, not away from us, drawing us near, not turning us away holding on to us and never, ever letting us go. And when I say us, you know, I don't mean, you know, us. When I say us, I mean the whole human family. Do you know that they say that it is 37 billion with a B miles to Pluto and that measured against the rest of our known solar system that 3.7 billion miles would be about like from here to Lakeland. The God of that universe not just this planet but the God of that immeasurable universe was captured in a baby no bigger than gray bridges. So you know that even when that God was walking this earth, that God was not a Palestinian Jewish male. Just as God today is not an American Christian. Oh no. God is God. The God of the universe. Fleshed out. Embodied. With us and for us, with us and for us, stubbornly, relentlessly, unfailingly.
with us and for us. No matter who, no matter where, no matter what. I'm sure that the incarnation means much more than that. But I'm equally sure that it at least means that. Amen.